Oh, yeah. The new thing is that we have to carry Oscar around in oven mitts. Hey, guys. You're listening to Drunken Uncultured. We are a drinking problem masquerading as a pop culture podcast. I'm Lindsay. I'm Stephanie. And I've had four beers at this point, so I'm hoping this episode goes over well. Um, I'm sure it will. We're talking about festivals, so you're just in the festival mood. Oh, shit. I shouldn't have said that. (laughs) Spoiler. (laughs) Which one of us is the drunk one right now? Apparently not me. I'm like like off today. I don't know what's going on. (laughs) Brain don't work good today. Can we do that again? (laughs) No, it's fine. Just fucking leave it. Whatever. All right. That's fine. Do you care? I don't care. I don't care. Okay. Um, (laughs) I feel like it's been a really long time since we recorded. Yeah, it has. I don't remember what we're supposed to do. (laughs) Um, It's been like a month. So, (laughs) I mean, I don't know. I don't know what we do anymore. Anyways. Uh, um, What happens next? The beer. The beer is first. (laughs) No. It's the first oh, episode no. of the month. Yeah. See, I don't <laughs> Jesus <even> Christ. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. So it's the first episode of the month. So I'm going to take you guys through Stephanie's Music Corner for the month of October. I'm going to take you guys through my favorite five favorite albums that came out in the month of October. So we're going to start with an album that came up, came out on October 1st. Um, also it's one that you're a big fan of, Lindsay. I'm a big fan of, we had a whole vinyl switcheroo to buy (laughs) this one, which is a whole thing. Um, yeah, I got like trigger happy and bought a vinyl that I actually didn't want. So I made Stephanie buy the one I wanted so that we could trade. Because I wanted the one that. Well, and then she had to go like pick one up and then she got one delivered. (laughs) It was a whole thing. So this is the new album from the band Pond from australia this album is called nine so for those unfamiliar um pond is from perth um they've been around since 20 or 2008 and they're often heavily associated with a much larger well-known band from the same area called tame impala taming paula aka kevin parker kevin. and friends well i mean if you're going to say that, you have to go into the reason, and it's because this was um, Kevin Parker's side project sort of thing. Yeah, so Pond, um, like Kevin Parker was originally um, working with Pond in the early years of Tame Impala, so that's why they're so heavily tied together. Um, but this and, like, is... during Inner Speaker, when Tame Impala was still a band... Pond shared three members. Yeah. One one being Kevin. Right. <laughs> when Dave and Paula was still a band, like a real band, not just yeah. Kevin. And the idea it was that Pond was like a place or a band that anybody could do anything and it was meant to be like a rotating group of people. It was initially. like the Australian version of Animal Collective. Yes. Except they're more rock forward than electronic forward but similar concept where it's like a rotating group of members yeah yes so this is the ninth studio album from pond hence why it's called nine um it's 
Um, it's a really cool album. Some of these songs I don't think belong on the album as a whole. Like the album goes so hard in certain areas and then it's so restrained in other areas that I just, it doesn't blend that well together. But overall, yeah. because the songs go so hard, I gave it a nine. It's so fun yeah, to I listen mean, to. I agree. The songs that are good are so good. Um, I think it's not my favorite Pond album by any means. Absolutely because not. there are, like, in the Pond has nine landscape albums. of Pond and their nine albums, this is probably one of, like, the weaker ones because the other ones are so good. Agreed. Wholeheartedly agree. But yeah, overall, it's a fun album. I really enjoyed it. I'm glad I got a physical copy of it. My favorite song is not listed on here. What's your favorite song? It's America's Cup, man. Oh, America's Cup is good. Funky, I love it. America's Cup is really good. Um, I listed my favorite songs here as Human Touch and Pink Lynette's. Yeah. Um, Um, like basically the singles. Yeah. Are some of the best things. Uh, America's Um, Cup was a single. Yeah. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. Like basically the singles are the same. Like, the, the best songs on the album. But, uh, yeah, America's Cup is one of my favorites. My second album that I wanted to speak about came out on October 8th. It's from a local Chicago group, well, singer, that goes by the name La 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 La. And her album is called I Want the Door to Open. So this is... Can I just say something really sure. quickly about her name? Whenever I read it... I just think la 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 Elmo's world. Just like like every time I read la 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 la. Yeah. Um, also, not wrong. I think the same thing. Okay. <laughs> I'm yeah, glad you not, could confirm. It's not just you. Um, but so like I said, this is her. This is her third studio album. Um, her first one being self-released without a label. This is her second album on a label. Um, I thought this was a really interesting album for her. I really enjoyed it. Um, I think it sounds a little bit more mature than some of her previous music, which is why I think I enjoyed it so much. Um, she got a lot of acclaim because she opened for Better Oblivion Community Center. So, uh, La 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 got a lot of recognition because she opened for better oblivion community center on their tour back in 2019 so i think that kind of propelled her into a little bit more of like the media recognition so uh i really enjoyed this album i like i said i feel like it's a little bit more of a mature sound for her and i think it's got a more deeper and wide music range to it um i gave it a nine i thought it was very good I very much like this album. Uh, the next one I'm going to talk about, um, a former guest told me about and hyped up this album for me. So this album came out on October 15th. It's the new album from the singer Remy Wolf, and the album is called Juno. So former guest Joe is obsessed with this singer. Um, he absolutely loves her music. So this is her first studio album and it's kind of this, uh, funky soul pop 
kind of sound. It's so much fun to listen to. Her album is just so good. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. It's a fun, funky, upbeat album to listen to. Um, I gave it a nine. Um, my notes just say that her pop alternative R&B vibe is awesome. So, yeah. Um, all right. So the fourth one I know you've listened to. Um, the album came out on 10-22, and it's the new album from the New York City band Parquet Courts. So their new album is called uh, Sympathy for Life. And this is their... This is their eighth studio album. Um, this was really interesting for me to listen to. And I had a lot of expectation going into it. Because Wide Awake was is one of my favorite albums I think I've ever heard. So I just had a lot of expectation going in to this. Human Torch also is very good. Um, I didn't love this. Um, Human Performance is the album. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. You're getting confused with the uh, Pond song. Mm, Yes. Um, Uh, (laughs) I did just read Human Touch. So I thought this album was a little bit on the slower side for them. Especially coming off of, like, the hype and the energy of Wide Awake. Um, I will also say that it feels as though it's two separate albums. Or, like, two EPs that they shoved into an album. Because, like, the first half feels like it goes together very well. The second half feels like it goes together very well. But, like, the two halves do not match. Yeah, I agree. And, like, I think that is probably a thing that they made an EP, an EP that they were like, okay, we'll just, like, keep making songs, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I, I like it. Like, looking at the other albums on here, I get why it is, like, the top five. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it's not my favorite of theirs. No. Um, so, I gave it an eight. Parky Courts is one of my favorite bands. And I gave this an eight. Um, There's a couple of really good standout songs, but um, as a whole, it's just not that cohesive, which I think is my biggest issue. Because like I said, it feels like two distinctive things that they just shoved together. Um, But is it bad? No. Is it cohesive? Also no. Um. So the last album I want to talk about also came out on October 22nd. It is the fourth studio album from the electronic musician Black Marble. So Black Marble is from Brooklyn. They're known as kind of like a cold wave, synth wave artist. Um, I really like Black Marble in general. So let me just like say, like, I really like this musician. Um, I think their music is very interesting and it very much feels like a like a dark 80s kind of vibe, which I love. So this was their fourth album. And my only notes were, oh, my God, I love this. I love them so much. I gave it a 10 out of 10. I thought it was very good. 
Um, all of their music is very consistent, which is, I think, something that I really appreciate about listening to their music. Like every single album that comes out, like they know what they're the the kind of music they're trying to make. They're not they're not really expanding out of the genre, but I mean, a synthwave genre has so much room to play. So they're they're really sticking to that and driving it hard. It's very good. I think what's interesting about the October month is that like not that much music came out. Yeah, I know. I feel like it's been a very it's like slow been month kind for of music. A mediocre month for music in general. Yeah, there's not been a ton that's really stuck out to me. I mean, there's been some like big albums that have come out outside of what I've spoken about, but mm-hmm. of what's really stood out to me, like this has kind of been the big yeah. standouts. Yeah, for sure. All right. So with that, let's uh let's talk about the beer. Yep. Steph, what are we drinking? Um, We're actually drinking the same beer this episode, so that's very exciting. We are drinking Double Dry Hop Space Diamonds from Other Half Brewing in New York City. So I actually had this beer while I was in New York back in September, and then I happened to find it um, in cans at Beer Temple. So Oh, I assumed you brought this back, actually. No, I got it at Beer Temple. Oh, nice. Yeah, I thought you brought this back. Um, I love a good foiled. It looks foiled, at least. Uh, foiled label. It is a foiled label, it's yes. metallic print or something. Um, so this is like um, a double dry hopped. I, um, it's a double dry hopped Imperial IPA. Um, it has gal- It's majority galaxy hops, hence, you know, space diamonds. Um and they advertise it as uh, not quite a juice bomb, but it's very juice forward. So I found this beer when I went to Other Half, and it was like the brewer's choice that was on draft. They like highlighted like what the staff recommended drinking, yeah. and this is one of the beers that they recommended. When I ordered it, I was like, okay, that sounds too good. I have to have it. And so this- I... I think calling it not a juice bomb, but juice forward is very, like, apt. Yeah. Because it's, like, almost a juice bomb, but there's enough of, like, bitterness, enough hoppiness, enough, like, dankness that it's Mm -hmm. not a juice bomb. No, I agree. It is very smooth. It's a very smooth beer. It's very soft, Mm -hmm. like, flavor-wise. Yeah. It's it's got a little bit of dryness to it, I think. Mm -hmm. And a little bit of sweetness and, like, tropical notes. But overall, yep. it's very smooth, very soft. It's got, like, a like a creaminess to it. Like, a I don't know how to say this other than, like, supple. Like, it's got, like, the same, like, feeling that you have as, like, biting into, like, a soft, like, stone fruit. Like, a peach or, like, for oh, some reason, like, the, the flavor and the texture just remind me of, like, a stone fruit. Like, a, like a ripe peach. Yeah. It's the experience of eating something like a ripe stone fruit. Yeah, I totally get yeah. what you're saying. I like this beer a lot. I really enjoyed yeah. it when I had it on draft in New York. And uh, when I found it in cans, I like got super excited. It's an eight and a half percent beer. So it's hefty. Drink, like a quarter of it. I know. Um, yeah, it's a hefty beer. Do you want to do three words? Yeah, let's do it. Um, 
do you want to go first or do you want me to go uh, first? Yeah, I can go first. I think I went first. It doesn't matter. It doesn't um, matter. I'm going to say that it is balanced. I think soft and dry. I was going to say soft, smooth, and tropical. Okay. Yeah, soft is a very interesting word because it does feel like very, like, like some beers can be sharp and like... Pillowy, soft. Like, we've used the word pillowy to describe beer before. So pillowy is, I think, like a, you know, like the softness to the flavor. Mm -hmm. Yes, agreed. Okay, so with the beer done let's get into the episode as i have already alluded to we're going to be talking about (laughs) festivals and our festival experience and to give some background on this i think like this year's festival experience has been very different than like normal festival experience so kind of like wanted to talk about that considering we've both done some festivals this year i did a new one for the first time um so i i think it would be fun to talk through Obviously, we didn't attend any festivals in 2020 because they didn't exist. So I think I think it was I think it's a really fun idea for us to kind of reflect on how festivals have changed, because I think the last festival the two of us attended, I mean, either of us was Riot Fest 2019. I think that's correct. And I feel and like honestly, I, like I can't remember Riot Fest 2019. It feels like a fever dream because we saw Jawbreaker and Block Party and oh my god, yeah, I forgot that was a really. It, fun it feels Riot Fest. like a fever dream. Yeah, oh, it was, that a was great Riot, really Fest. Riot Fest. But regardless, it it feels like a fever dream because that was it was the one so where Trevor got caught in the Slayer. Pit. It was yes. <laughs> Trevor went into the Slayer pit, and our friends was like, "We're like, where's Trevor?" And I was like, "Oh, he's fine. He's just in the Slayer pit." And they're like, "He's fine." <laughs> I forgot about that. But i I feel like up until the pandemic, I was going to so many festivals, and I mean, you went to a yeah, bunch too. I mean, you did the three in Chicago, and then you always did at least one travel, if festival, not two like. more. Right in twenty eighteen, we did two. Outside of Chicago, we did, yeah, did Shaky Knees and Voodoo. Yeah. Oh, and Voodoo. Yeah. And then 2019, yeah. we did Primavera and mm-hmm. Field Day and the Big yep. Three in Chicago. Right. So, you know, I've been to a lot of music festivals. So I think I will preface going into this discussion as the first festival I had the opportunity to go to. I was just so happy to be there. The lineup, Same. not great, but I was just so happy to be there. And we had so much fun because we were just so optimistic about being at a festival. We didn't care. We were so happy. So the first festival I got to attend this year was Lala. Obviously, um, right. being here that in Chicago. That was like the first festival in yeah. general. Yeah. Um. It's actually really interesting because I remember when the city of Chicago approved having Lala, um, there was a lot of backlash um, from the more conservative, from the people that were taking the pandemic from like a very, very conservative approach. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, because it was early, too. Like It was it early. Was, it was, I mean, they announced it was it, like, July 29th. Like, well, they announced it, that it was happening, like, early, like, right before. They announced it anything. in, like, May. Right. So yeah. people were just now, like, getting vaccinated. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, yeah. And, like, pe- they, it was unsure of, like, what was going to happen, how they are going to handle yeah. it. There was a lot of because Lala was like one of the first, there were so many unknowns. And I feel like even on social media from other people I know here in Chicago, they were like, oh, thank you to everyone outing yourself for going to Lala. We know who to avoid for the next two weeks. Yeah, that and like people like I remember the photos of Lala and then being like, if this wasn't a super spreader event, then like I COVID's not real, which like stupid in my opinion like so fun fact lala was not a super spreader event i know because like you had to be vaccinated or have a negative test yeah they did check that and people on reddit were trying to say that oh they weren't but i mean i got scrutinized very heavily with my vaccination status so i mean obviously i'm vaccinated but they looked pretty heavily at my stuff so i don't know I can't speak for everyone, but I yeah. felt let's, fine. Let's talk about that experience yeah. for the different festivals we went into because I think it's really interesting the difference of like scrutin- scrutiny and like yeah. the different ways that they were verifying things because I think that's an that's an interesting co- topic to go into before we talk about like the, the festival and how they felt. Yeah. yeah. So okay, so, so let Lala me start was one of the first, and they kind of like set the precedent. Lala for, like, required Lala required a physical copy or a photocopy of your vaccination card or your negative COVID test within seventy two hours. That's of each day. So as a reminder, mm-hmm. Lollapalooza is four days. If you were yeah. attending all four days, you had to get a COVID test twice. Yes. So that's one thing to also keep in mind. You had to get tested twice to go to Lala if you were going to get right, tested. Right, because if you got tested on, like, the Thursday, then you had to still get tested on the Sunday to exactly. get Exactly. Exactly. Um, so I think that's one thing that people kind of, like, overlooked. Mm-hmm. And people being the people that didn't attend. Um, right. So I had to bring a physical copy of my vaccination card or, again, a photocopy. Um, yep. And then for Pitchfork, they accepted photos on your phone. Okay. And they just compared it to your ID. So you'd hold up your phone, yeah. photo your vaccination card. They'd look at your ID. Same same deal. Yeah. You just didn't have to bring it. Uh, Riot Fest was the same. Yep. And then uh, Shaky Knees was also the same. Yeah. So I had the same experience, obviously, because I went to Riot Fest. But then Outside Lands did something really interesting. So... They also required vaccination or a negative PCR Yep. Uh, within 72 hours of each day. But if you had the vaccination and California has essentially like all of your vaccinations online yeah. and it's pulled through an app, you have to show them that app. So oh, you have okay. to show them that QR code. They scan it. They compare it to your ID. And then they gave you a wristband for people that were vaccinated. So it was vaccinated and it said like 2021 health check outside lands. So if you're vaccinated, you got a wristband. And I have a question though. So not being from California, if I had gone to the festival, you could have shown your physical card. Okay. Yeah. If you had a, if you had a California license, they wanted to see that app because it's like verified through the app. Sure. That makes sense. 
Yeah, you have to have a physical card. If we you don't have that California. here in Illinois. Yeah. Um, but what I liked a lot is that they had that band that, like, showed that you were vaccinated, so you just went through the line. Yeah. So um, when going through, you hold your hand up, they see the band, they just let you through. If you had to be checked for your PCR test, you had to go through a separate line oh, to get okay. checked e- each day, um, which Did I thought was kind of nice. Did you feel like that was go. efficient to get in? It was way more efficient. There was oh, no yeah. line to get in on any day That's um, nice. because of that. Um, so it was super efficient. Um, I, I, I liked that a lot. I thought that was really convenient. And then, like, you kind of knew essentially who was vaccinated, who was vaccinated and who wasn't. And who yeah. Wasn't. yeah. Um, but I like that a lot. Um, I'm trying to think about like the PCR testing. So Lala was 72 hours. Pitchfork was 24 hours. But Pitchfork also was about a five minute walk from a rapid testing site. Yeah, I'm confirming that Outside Lands was 72 hours. I, I say that, but I actually don't know for sure. Yeah, yeah it's so 72 hours. Lala was for sure 72. I think Pitchfork was 24. And then I think Riot Fest was 48. And then I think Shaky Knees was 72. I'm not, I'm not, I'm honestly not looking it up. I'm just trying to remember like what I read as I was attending the festivals. Well, so what's really interesting is um, the reason they give those bands was because there's a tent that is part of the festival that's just like electronic music all day, like nonstop DJs. Mm-hmm. And it's technically an indoor venue. So in order, according to California, or sorry, according to San Francisco law, for that to happen, you have to be vaccinated to get in. Uh, Oh, yeah. I remember when I came out to visit you, we couldn't even, you couldn't dine inside without showing a proof of your vaccination. Right. So like in order to go inside that like EDM tent, um, that was like basically a closed off venue, completely indoors, you had to wear a mask and you had to go, uh, you had to be vaccinated. So that's why they used the Mm. bands because it was easier to like check than having to check constantly. That makes Um, sense. And that's just a San Francisco requirement. Yeah, that's not a thing here. So I know for festivals here in Chicago, the only one that had indoor spaces was Lala, obviously, and that being their um, air-conditioned merch area. Yeah. And that th- this was before um, showing proof of vaccination was really a thing. So you just had to wear a mask if you went inside. And so that another... didn't start until day three of the four-day festival. The indoor yeah. area or the interesting? The, the wearing the mask, you ha- having to wear a mask in the indoor area. So the other really interesting thing that they did uh, outside lands was they like I know if you've been to the airport, have you seen like the clear yeah, thing that we, you can go um, through? I have I have clear access to the airport. So um, if you have clear or like you could download clear for just the festival and upload your vaccine proof to that, and um, that would let you go through. So like you could they, show that to somebody, they'd scan it, and then you can go through. So they didn't do that for any of, like, the music, the big music festivals, but I think they did that for, like, Windy City Smokeout. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So I know it's a thing people have been using here in the city, and I I say this, but I'm not 100% sure. I think the United Center is doing that, where you can, like, use Clear to get in. And as someone that uses Clear at the airport... Like, that would be sweet. I just haven't yeah. had to go to the United Center, so I haven't really thought about it. 
Interesting. Um, the other interesting thing, too, is that Outside Lands did operate a pop-up testing unit. <clears throat> oh, that's really nice. So if you book it in advance, it was, like, $50, but you could get tested, like, on-site if you needed to um, for, like, 70 bucks. So Pitchfork, it wasn't on-site, but because Pitchfork is right in the West Loop, there was a location mm-hmm. about a, a two-minute walk. Yeah. That they sent you to. And I think it was like 50 bucks to go get rapid tested. Yeah. Again, didn't need to, but it was available. Um, question for you, because obviously we attended Riot Fest together. Um, huh? But at Outside Lands, did you see people wearing masks at the festival? Yeah, at certain shows. Um, I think it just depended on the person. Like, I saw people... Well, it's weird, because like... Like, for example, I, uh, what was it? Um, for Tame Impala, I saw these girls wearing masks, but then they also took it off to smoke cigarettes. So, like, oh. I, it was very, it yeah. was like, I, I don't know what's going on here. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, there were, like, a select few people. I would say it's, like, super in the minority, like, less than 10% of people were wearing yeah. masks. So, I think... But, but I will say... Um, I don't remember if this was like this in Chicago, but the, anybody working the festival was wearing a mask. Yes. Um, except Lala wasn't like that. Lala was not like that. Um, well, that's because um, that was before yeah. Lala was in that weird time where it was kind of like a free for all again. Before the Del- Delta variant. Yeah. But Pitchfork, Riot Fest, and even Shake yeah. Knees. Um, okay. the, st- uh, Actually, no. Shaky knees, the staff was not wearing masks. I'm not surprised by that. It means Georgia, though. It's Georgia. But Pitchfork and Riot Fest, um, staff was masked. Um, Lala, they were not. Shaky knees, they were not. Um, But I think one thing that really interests me is that... uh, so Lala, the crowd was not really wearing masks. Pitchfork, about twenty-five percent of the people, if not thirty percent, were masked that were attending. So I do think it's interesting because I don't know if that's specific to the crowd or if it's specific to like what was going on at the time. Because I feel like Pitchfork happened when the Delta variant was like raging and people were terrified yeah but riot fest was one week after and no one wore masks at riot fest i think it's the people that were attending in the crowd yeah Yeah. no that's a good point i forgot because literally like pitchfork was at a weird time this year because pitchfork's normally before Lala. no i know I, i forgot that it was like right before riot fest um but in our friend group um some people wore masks the whole time, which is totally cool. Um, some people didn't, which was also totally cool. Like, you know, none of our friends, none of our friends contracted anything from a festival. Thank God. I think that that's really interesting and a good point because not even just contracting COVID, I feel like generally speaking after a festival we always get some sort of like flu we always call it like the lala flu and the, the riot festival flu. flu oh i had the but riot I mean, fest flu <laughs> i did not that's the funny thing like i haven't been sick in two years i sound like this right now and i think this is just what my voice sounds like these days <laughs> from talking all the time yeah 
I, got I do a sound cold. like I'm sick. I got a cold from it's... shaky knees as well. Yeah. I sound like I'm sick, but I think it's just, I don't feel sick. And I think it's just from like, because I talk all day mm-hmm. and um, from also the festival this past weekend and screaming yeah. a lot. But like, I, th- I think that's it's very why... interesting that like. I sounded so rough after shaky knees, but that's because I was yeah. screaming the whole festival. So. Right. And like, I think it's, I actually think it's very odd. I have not gotten sick and like from a festival and I normally do just like a general, like this is gross, dust up your nose kind of sick. Well, you but, didn't go to pitchfork. I got no. the sinus. The pitchfork was the dustiest. Pitchfork was bad and shaky knees was bad with the dust. Yeah. So, like, that, like, totally screwed up my sinuses both weekends. What's happening now, and I think it's interesting, so, like, Outside Lands is, like, happened Halloween weekend, Mm -hmm. and normally it's, what, the weekend after Lala? It's, like, the second weekend in August, yeah. Um, Normally it's in August, so August is still a very dry month, and Mm -hmm. October is not a dry month in California, so it's, uh, it wasn't raining this past weekend, but it rained, like, torrentially, yeah. the weekend before so it was all oh muddy yeah because you were at the mac demarco show and it was like a downpour the right. whole time right so it was all muddy and wet and this is like it's not normally like that so yeah. well i mean one the park probably got a little destroyed yeah which is unfortunate it's a beautiful park um like one of the prettiest parks i've ever golden been gate in. yeah yeah it's beautiful um but i think that's also part of the reason that i didn't get like a, a like a festival sickness from it because it's usually like from how dusty it is, mm-hmm. um, and it was not because it was more muddy than anything else. So pitchfork was a total dust bowl the whole time. Yeah, um, Rye Pass th- wasn't as dusty as it normally is. No, it was not. Um, I will say that's because it rained. So some of our friends that we went to pitchfork with were wearing masks, but it wasn't yeah. because of COVID. They were wearing masks yeah. because of the dust. Um, I do have, I, I'm glad that you brought this up, that all the festivals were delayed. I well, some, um, some of them, but well, yeah. Well, some of them, yeah. But, um, so Matt and I, uh, Outside Lands, were talking about how kind, like, it's, it was amazing to be at a festival and not be sweating your ass off. Oh my God. People and are starting a so petition much. for Shaky Knees to do it in October every year. I loved it. I loved, yeah, I loved it. it was like, like California in August is not super hot, but it can be like, especially, yeah. well... When you're up north, it's fine. Like in North, like in North San Francisco, yeah. it's fine by Richmond. But like in general, it was just so nice to be at like a temperate festival and not. Be oh, like I know. Oh my god! So it was so sweat. nice going to Shaky Knees because like the high every day was like yeah. high seventies. So yeah. I was in sh- like shorts and a t-shirt or like a dress, and I had a yeah. sweatshirt. It was so Dude, it was nice. fucking cold. It was so it was, nice. It was cold at outside lands. Like I was wearing I I had to wear pants every day. Well, it's San Francisco too, so like I had to wear pants. Mm. Um but you Steve have to wear pants. pants. It, uh I wore jeans one day to shake your knees. Yeah, I wore so jeans Steve. every day. I wore like a, I had to carry a sweater with me cuz you have you to You had in your uh, bulky knit uh peachy sweater. My cardigan, yeah. Well, that was one day. One day I brought, like, a, gr- a black sweater, and then another yeah. day I brought a different sweater. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's – well, granted, it's the Bay, so you have to wear a sweater Everywhere every you go. part of the year. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. um, it was nice. Like, I didn't mind that I wasn't sweating, and it was, like, I no, kind of like so that. it's so nice. I've really enjoyed, like, 
the later not in the year festival your thing. ass off. Oh my like god, drowning, not drowning in sweat. Oh my god. And like not like dying of thirst. I will say though, it made the bathroom situation a pain in the ass because you're not sweating out all the beer. You have to pee. Yeah. Um, so that was a pain, having to pee constantly. Yeah, I get that. Um Okay, so let's get into the music now if you're gonna yeah. do that. I will say, I think this was a really interesting conversation that I hadn't really thought about where us trying to like compare the different yeah. cities. Well, because we, we went to festivals three in three cities. different states. Three, three cities. Three yeah. sta- cities, three states, like very different rules and regulations and like came out the other side fine. Yeah. I think um, the one thing I wanted to point out, like as we get into the music stuff, is that I definitely like, so... Outside Lands, I feel like I bought tickets back in, like, March or April or something. Like, right when they announced that they were moving it to October. And I remember being way more excited about the lineup when I bought the tickets than, like, when I went. And I don't know if it was because I was just so fucking stoked to go to a festival or if the lineup was that good and then they, like, dropped acts and didn't say anything. Which I don't think it was the latter. I think it was just, like, so exciting to buy a festival ticket. That I was, like, way more stoked on it. Yeah, yeah. I actually felt um, not, well, all right. So let me put this this way. Every single year, I buy Lala tickets. Oh, I mean, I when don't I lived care. there, I'd buy Lala tickets, even exactly. though I didn't care for anybody. I don't care I who's go. on the lineup. Yeah. I'm going to go to Lala. You know why? Yeah. It's, it's tradition. There. It's tradition. We go every year. It's a thing we're going to do Well, I mean, forever. that's you could argue that about Riot Fest. Although Riot Fest lineups are always good. Yes. You could argue that that's tradition. We Same always with go. Pitchfork. I am, Pitchfork, At this point, I don't go. even live in Chicago, and I'm going to Riot Fest fair. every year. That's fair. But um, the first fa- – I, I think the reason that Lala, to me, is so much tradition is that's the first music festival I ever went to. Yeah, and you've been going for, like, eight years, nine years. I have gone every year since I was an intern in 2013. Every year that it's happened. Right. So, Lala, to me, is, like, ingrained in me that I will forever go. Literally. Like, I know that it's a lot of... It's financially draining. It's physically draining because it's so long. I'm going to go to Lala forever. I'm going to be like the old lady still going to Lala. It's going to happen. Like, I'm going to be that person. That's the thing I think is funny, though, about... So, specifically about Lala and Outside Lands, because I think that... I like to think that Outside Lands is, like, the equivalent of Lala, but I don't... It's the equivalent it, vibe. It's not the same at the same time. I, I, I completely agree. It's like the Lala of the San Francisco right. Bay Area. Right. It's very young. The yeah. crowd is very young. I felt so old. I always feel very old at Lala, too, yeah. though. So, You also got told you were very old at Lala that one time. Yeah, I know. Weekend. And I saw the same band this year at <laughs> Outside Lands, and nobody called me old. Well, that girl Also, was nobody bitch, knew so. all the words to those songs, and I was like, fuck you. I know all the Vampire Weekend songs. That's I fair. love you, Ezra. Uh, I love you, even though you're a dad. So... Um, thinking of like lineups though, 
Lala yeah. as a lineup was a little underwhelming, but yeah. we had so much fucking fun. We were just so happy to be there. Like that was the thing. Like, yeah. That was our first festival back. Mm-hmm. And we just had so, we were just so happy to be there. We yeah. went to whatever. We no, had I think so that's much fun at Lala. Yeah, I think that's fair. That's kind of how like Matt and I felt about going to Riot Fest. It was like, I mean, not that we felt the lineup was underwhelming because it wasn't. It was just like one of the first times we were back together in Chicago. Yeah. Um, oh my god, the whole crew was there. The whole crew was together, and it was weird because like the crew was sort of split up too because of like getting tickets. Yeah. Um, but it was like the first time that me and Matt, like not the first time, the second time I guess that me and Matt were together in the city hanging out with friends so we like we were going to after shows we yeah. were going to that other weekend shows. was so busy it was but it was a lot of fun and so like i mean for me again matt and i were talking about this like riot fest has, has still been the best festival all year for us oh that's hard to say so well before i well, before we talk about the best festivals and whatnot well, well let me kind of there's only one of us that needs to talk about that so well yeah it's, it's fair um, I kind of want to hit some of like the things that mm-hmm. I thought were cool, like yeah, yeah, through each festival. Yep. So let's go in order of yeah. them happening. So too. Lala, um, a couple things I was really impressed with. So, um, I got to see Black Pumas for the first time. Holy shit! That yeah. is a band that I did not think I was going to be obsessed with, but I am. So our I feel friend like the after shows too. For oh Lala yeah, were kind of insane. So let me also start with this. So Black Pumas played Thursday, and we attended the festival with former guest Brandon. And Brandon really hyped up Black Pumas for us, and we were like, oh, like. We have no one else to see during this time. We'll totally yeah. go. Oh, my God. What yeah, yeah. a phenomenal set. Yeah, oh, my God. They were so too, good. I think. Um, Black Pumas, I don't think, did an after show. Okay. Um, I was really I impressed with... I'm thinking about that. I was really impressed with Black Pumas. Obviously, Orville Peck I saw for the first time mm. during Lala. Day glow. Makes you want to cry. Same. I'm uh, I am obsessed with Orville. Oh, Peck. I love it. It makes me want to cry all the time. Um, who else was really like surprisingly good? Um, we saw uh, Oliver Tree at Lala. No, that was nice. weird and a lot of fun, but very weird. Mm-hmm. Um. I think my favorite set of all of Lala, like hands down, was Tyler. Tyler the okay. Creator was so good. So that the photo that people see of Lala where they're like, oh, the Delta variant. Yeah. That was we were in that. We're in that photo. Yeah. <laughs> um, we were very, very close to see Tyler and um Oh my god, it was so good. 
Oh, yeah. oh my god, it was so good. We got well. Really that was good. the reason that you bought tickets to a solo show. Yeah, too, we're right? going. We're going to see Tyler in the spring because his yeah. his set at Lala was so good. We spent like a lot of money to see Tyler. In oh yeah, the spring. Um, but oh my god, that was I think by far my favorite set of uh, Lala, like hands down. Um. Again, we loved Black Pumas. We loved uh, Orville Peck. Dayglow, very good. Yeah, um, you love Dayglow, period, though. I mean, oh, I love too. his music. Yeah. Um, I felt really bad for Boy Pablo because, and this was a crazy thing with Lala. This um, is actually really interesting, too, because we both saw Day Pablo, or Boy Pablo. Boy Pablo, yeah. So, Pablo. <laughs> so during Lala, there were quite a few acts that we, me and Steve, really wanted to see. And I can think of three off the top yeah. of my head that had visa problems and had to drop because they were from overseas. And, uh, well, one had visa problems and then two had, uh, two had COVID problems. So they couldn't, they couldn't even come to the States. So on our list of artists that Steve and I were like really excited to see, we lost four for various dropout reasons. So like the thing that's, I think the craziest with festivals right now is that they always talk about how lineup is subject to change, but like, holy shit, lineup is like subject to change. Yes. That and was, was and really I, I mean, hard. I think that this year is like the exacerbated version of oh, absolutely. Is subject to change. Oh, absolutely. So Lala, we suffered a lot from um, artists dropping, new artists adding, things yeah. going on. Um, so, yeah, we had a few hardship moments where we were like, oh, my God, of all the artists we wanted to see. Our top artists, we lost four of our top artists we wanted to see all weekend. So, like, that was really hard. Um, again, we will get the opportunity to see them again. But, like, that same thing, Boy Pablo, he was the only member of his band that got a visa. Yeah. Everyone yep. else was denied a visa. So, it was yeah. him and a laptop. And he's from... Um, Somewhere in Europe. Norway, I think. I think he's Norwegian. Yep, he's Norwegian. He's Chilean and Norwegian, but he's like, he lives he in He lives Norway. in Norway. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think, man, thinking of Lala, like, the one thing that stands out to me is, I mean, the Tyler headlining set. And... Uh -huh. We got to see Post Animal do an after show at Sleeping Village. That was fun as hell. So like, I love Post Animal. The one other big thing with Lala that was like really intense, um, it's like Lit Biscuit. That was their first show. Back. <laughs> I forgot about that. I Dude, did somebody, not. Attend. I can't remember what was it, the photos of Limp Biscuit that said that he looked like fuck. Who was it? He the they they kept calling him like Father Durst. Because he, his, Fred Durst just had, like, super gray hair and, like, looked like an old man. 
Yeah. And that was the first time he was seen like publicly oh, looking like that. That was, was it was bad. He still looks like that. Um, all right. So that was Lala. Um, you had tickets to Pitchfork that you resold, um, which is obviously totally fair. Uh, yeah, I just I couldn't make it with um, the pup. Pitchwork was actually really interesting because there were that a few... lineup of all the festivals we went to, and like between the two of us, I feel like had the least amount of drops. That's what I was gonna say. Pitchfork oh, has sorry. Uh, sorry. one drop. No. No, right. you're bringing up the topic. Pitchfork had a one-person drop. The entire right. lineup, one drop. Yeah. And it was a local person. So she just happened to get COVID. And that was, they yeah. replaced her with another local mm-hmm. person. So it wasn't like uh, people were dropping. Like, I fully was expecting, like, Black Midi to have to drop. Yeah, I mean, you were texting me, like... <laughs> <coughs> oh well i got tickets to the black mini after show and i was like oh somebody well, got their visas me, you were texting me about like two weeks before like about like freaking out that black mini was going to drop because of their visas and then like i think the week before um you were like oh well they haven't dropped yet so i feel like they haven't dropped yet they're not going to and then they announced after shows which is what i think confirmed their status yeah i think so too um, but yeah, there really weren't that many drops. I think the one thing that was really tough with Pitchfork this year is, um, they went, they tried to go cashless uh-huh. and they didn't have like a Wi-Fi signal set up. <laughs> I remember that happening. I remember so they didn't want you to pay with cash. They wanted you to pay with a credit card. But yet their credit like card Square systems. Uh, yeah. Square went down. Square went down, down during Riot Fest. Right. But Pitchfork had such poor reception, like signal wise, that it would take you five minutes to get a beer. Right, because you were checking out forever. Right. That's not including the fact that you would have to wait for 30 minutes yeah. in line. That's just yeah, how I remember slow saying it that, was like, moving. Because they I remember could... you saying the lines were bad at Pitchfork. I mean, the lines are always bad at Pitchfork. And they I don't know were why they astronomically don't bad. It was worse than ever I don't ever know why before. they... Right. And they're always bad. So, like, they never fix it. And that's the thing that's shocking to me is that yeah. Pitchfork has never fixed their line situation. And I think so because I think of all that, like, the signal issues... food took hours for some people getting it for some people it took two hours to get food right You'd have which to go is for you in insane and like places would run out of food because they were you were waiting in line for so long um and it's because a they were told to not bring as many employees to work with covid which is fair but right. they also had this super slow credit card system and like mm-hmm. there was no Wi-Fi signal extended. So right. everyone was sharing the same signal and everybody got screwed. The fact that it would take you 30 plus minutes to get a beer tells mm-hmm. you the system, the credit card system is bad. Right. So that was the big struggle with Pitchfork is that like 
people were just getting tanked because they were just like multiple fist beers because the lines right. were so long. As many long. as you could buy. Yeah. So you were buying as many as you could at a time. Um, lineup wise, Pitchfork was fantastic. Oh my God. I, um, so the headliners this year were Phoebe, Bridge, uh, Phoebe Bridgers, uh, Erica Badeau, and, and oh, St. Yeah. Vincent. Yeah, St. Vincent. Oh, St. Vincent, Pitchfork. Easy, easy spend of $150 for that festival. The festival is not expensive either. No, it's not. But I saw some really phenomenal performances at Pitchfork this year. Animal Collective played. Oh, my God. No. (coughs) I was not that fucked up. But uh, (laughs) Animal Collective was phenomenal. Um, we saw Black Midi for the first time play their new album. Big Thief played. Um, Ty Seagal was amazing. Angel Olsen, I thought my heart was going to explode because I love her so much. And she brought out Sharon Van Eaton to play with her. Um, obviously St. Vincent was phenomenal. Eve's Tumor changed my life. Danny Brown was a good time. Thundercat was amazing. So there was a lot of like really good standout artists that played at Pitchfork. But um, I will say, I think their headliner game was a little, for my personal tastes, a little weak. Comparative. Compared to especially the one that you, like the lineup that you paid for. for yeah. 2020. Oh, absolutely. Because if, like, I, I, mean, if I, I thought I was seeing Yeah, Yeah, Yeah's The National and Run the right. Jewels. You know how much money I would pay for that? That's like peak stuff. Right. <laughs> but I think that it's interesting because, like, I, what I think is interesting is that Run the Jewels headlined Riot Fest. Yes. That same year. Yes. So, obviously, they had to drop from Pitchfork because they had already committed to headlining Riot Fest. It's not like Riot Fest offered them. I, I assume it's not like Riot Fest offered them more money. I assume it's because they were already in a commitment to play Riot Fest 2021. I, so they I couldn't guess, play yeah. Pitchfork. Well, the reason well, they especially the because reason, of the Chicago. Well, the other Chicago thing too, has that proximity clause. So well, like, they were it, also supposed to be playing with um, Rage Against the Machine, and Rage right, Against the Machine canceled their tour. So right. that totally like put a well. That's the thing. Like, Chicago has that proximity clause, so like you mm-hmm. cannot play within a certain distance of the city. Well, it's if certain you play, festivals like, too. No, it's festival by festival. It so shows it's... too. Well, it shows. It's not just yeah. festivals because like if a, if a if a, an artist announces a show outside of a festival, then it like rules them out for that festival. It it depends Typically. on the festival. It's every festival is different rules, so it's festival okay. by festival. Um, okay, but obviously with like the change in things for Pitchfork, mm-hmm. obviously Run the Jewels ended up headlining Riot Fest, which, which I was honest, well, not that we saw them, but nah, we been didn't go. Well, I mean, it's fantastic go. there. Well, it's I I think that like Riot Fest is a, like a better. When I say it's fantastic, I mean like I think Riot Fest is a better place to have. Which Run is the Jewels interesting than because Run the Jewels has been a headliner of Pitchfork, and Run the Jewels has been a headliner of Riot Fest. Mm-hmm. So they've done both. And I think Riot Fest is more of a fitting festival for some reason to me. They feel less like an indie artist than they do like a counterculture artist. Huh. And that's I don't the know. reason I say that. 
Okay. So going into Riot Fest. I think Riot Fest is single singularly the biggest hit festival that we've been to by like artists dropping. Yes. Oh my god, yes. So original lineup had the Pixies, Nine Inch Nails, um, My Chemical Romance. My Chemical Romance, I think, is the biggest one. Yeah. Um, well, they which, they delayed a year. They did, but that, when dropped. they announced the festival, when they oh, announced yeah. the festival, though, they did still have My Chemical Romance and on it, and then dropped them like not long after mm-hmm. announcing it. The Pixies dropped. Um, who else? Nine Inch Nails. Coheed and Coheed and Cambria. No, they no, played. No, they played. They played. Nine, uh, Nine Inch Nails. Nails dropped. Yep. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at the Dinosaur Junior dropped. Yep. Um, those are the big ones, I think. Um, there's. Is it the guy from Faith No More that dropped? Yes. Uh, yes. It was Faith um, No More and the guy's other band. So it was two bands with the same guy as the lead singer. But he was having mental health issues, so he dropped for personal reasons. Yes. Um, Nine Inch Nails dropped due to COVID. My Chemical Romance delayed due to COVID. Uh, Pixies did, dropped due to COVID. Did Pup drop? Pup dropped due to visa issues due to COVID. Yeah, that's so, what I thought. Yeah. Um, yeah, so a lot of, like, that one was hit a lot by... I think um, Riot, I changes. will say Riot Fest, I feel like saw the most lineup changes. And I think people were, when I, I, will when say, I though, say people, they did a good job with replacements. I thought so too. Riot Fest did the absolute best they could. However, people on Reddit and on right. social media and were I trying mean, to tear it. Riot I... Fest a new one, which it's not their fault. It's Why not are you fault. attacking the, the festival? I, I do get being disappointed at the artists that you were going, like, you wanted to see dropped, but they did a really good job of trying to replace a like for like. So, like, I they agree. replaced Nine Inch Nails with Slipknot, which isn't even a like for like. I think no. you end up on a better, it's, it's a mean, better way. Oh my God, Slipknot, Slipknot was so much fun. Right. They replaced the Pixies with the Flaming Lips, not a like for like, but the Flaming Similar Lips was wild. scope, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I, I mean, I think that they did what the best that they could. And, like, a lot of these artists dropped within weeks. So, like, you know that they were already holding on to these other bands just in yeah. case. Yep. All right. Um, so, let's, so let's talk the positives of Riot Fest. So, besides lots getting... Of fun, as always. Besides getting to drink Three Orange Wit and other All Rise beers... Mm-hmm. This is like our main ex- exposure as beer people to All Rise beers is Riot Fest. Because well, I think All this Rise special... does so good with their beers, but like they do. They don't They do. I they just don't get to advertise on the scale that I wish they could. No. And they ran out of a lot of beers by they, the end of the festival. Yeah, so I like know. people were were drinking their beers and they I mean they always run out of like orange wit and stuff, but they they were running out of, like, a lot of beers. Well, um, they have the Wonder I, Beer, which is their, like, mm-hmm. uh, light lager. They have the Three right. Orange Wit. 
I don't know the name of it, their IPA anymore, but it used to be called like the show must go on or the show won't go on yep. or sell something out like or something along those lines. I will say though, um, I think Goose also did a good job of having like alternative beers at this festival. I've never well, seen Goose like... ran out of the Riot Fest sucks beer on day one. I know, but they also like the cart had a lot of like differentiated beers than they normally. Yeah, have. they had the neon, uh, the neon bear hug. They had the Lost yep. Palette. They had three one two on draft. Yeah, so I think this year's Riot Fest beer scene was a lot better than it's been in the past. Um, so that was I, a lot I agree. Of fun. I think and, and it wasn't fun. like normally we always drink orange wit and that is it. But this year we had like a variety of different stuff because yeah. there was more of a variety than just having green line or like three yeah. and two. And so like Riot Fest sucks. Music wise, Riot Fest. Obviously, we always have a great fucking time at Riot Fest. Mm-hmm. Like that's I would argue that we had a that's... I think we had a lot of fun. <laughs> we I had mean, a really crazy Riot Fest weekend because we had so many non-riot fest activities yep. going on but like uh i mean we really did what what was it like we had the Saturday. japanese breakfast show on thursday yeah we had the soothsayer hot sauce after party with the oh, eradicator God, and that was Friday. a lot of fun oh we my were God. exhausted by the time so we wanted to support our friend kyle from soothsayer you can go check out the episodes that we did with him and so we went to a like the dog days of summer yep after show party that he had that was like punk show at sub t and we were exhausted by the time we were heading we there. were like we were like we'll stay about... for like well we were saying we'll stay for like 30 minutes and we'll go we'll say hi to kyle we'll hang out like you know support him we hung and out for two hours there. <laughs> yeah we got there and it was like oh shit this is like fucking fire the eradicator was on and he's just like this artist that his whole shtick is based off of like a playing squash. Uh, squash, that's what the sport is. And it's it was fire. It was so much fun. We ate a bunch of hot dogs. We bought a bunch of and hot sauce. It was we like a launch. It was sort of a launch party too yeah. for his uh mustard-based hot yep. sauce that was amazing. We we bought more hot sauce even though we don't need it. He um, tried it to like great. give us hot sauce and we're like, we are paying you for this hot sauce. Yeah, he was like, have you had this one? Here, take it. We're like, here's $10. Yeah. Here is my. If you're not going to take it, we're putting it for the charity. <laughs> Which is fine. Um, I mean, it was a lot of fun, and it was a great cause. So, yeah, I forgot about that. We did go to that. Yeah, that the, the, the money that was fundraised for that went to Brave Space Alliance as well. So yeah. that was cool. Obviously, Saturday. And it was also what I thought was really cool from that. Sorry to interrupt you. Oh, was no. that he – like. We never hear feedback on, like, the things that we post on our Instagram and, like, our social medias. And he was like, hey, like, you posting about this actually got a lot of people to, like, get by tickets. And, like, that that was awesome. Um, so that was also really cool to hear because it was for a great – like, we, we never tried to do anything, like, to make money or obviously. It was just really great to hear that, like, we were able to use our platform for a good cause to help, like, oh, expose these bands and then also, like, make – raise money for – um Brave Space Lines. Also to help support um, an up-and-coming hot sauce brand. Uh, yes. Um, but Riot Fest-wise, like, Saturday was kind of crazy because we ended up, well, I came late because I had to work. And oh, then, I forgot about that, yeah. Um, I forgot Matt and I got there first. Well, um, yeah, because you guys, did you show up during 
Joy Wave. Joy Wave? Yeah. So you showed up during Joy Wave and like you had to get food. And then no, that night, uh, we got there before Joy Wave. So we showed up about halfway through Joy Wave after eating mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah. And then we left early to go see the OCs where we're all like, my face is melting. And that was insane. That was a face melting. I kept making you hold my bag so I could get on the mosh pit. Um, and Matt was like, this girl is going in the mosh pit. What is wrong with her? And then Sunday, I think we were all just kind of like, at the beginning of the day, chilling. we were trying to chill because we knew the rest of the day was going to be crazy. Yeah. But then we also got to like meet up with our our good friend Kyle and our friends mm-hmm. that work over at Finch Brewing got to meet up yep. with us and we got to meet up with people that worked at Goose Island and like all yeah. of our beer friends were around and then we got mm-hmm. to go, you know, to Flaming Lips. And we got to make fun of 303 lip syncing the entire yeah. show. We had like I feel like Sunday that was, was a fun day. Such a fun day. Because yeah. we were kind of for, just there to hang out and have a good time. Yeah. We were there to party, the have a good itself. time. For the fest itself, I feel like Sunday was probably the most fun day of like just Riot Fest stuff. Well, because we had so much other stuff going on all yeah. weekend that Sunday was the day that we got to just go all in Riot Fest. Right. Yep, I would agree. So like that. Yeah, was and I mean really we got fun. to see like we saw Devo, we saw the Flaming Lips, we saw Slipknot. So, uh, who was your favorite act that you saw at the festival, Riot uh-huh. Fest weekend? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I, can I give you like more than one? You can give me more I than one. I don't know that I can pick. That's fine. Uh, the Pumpkins were a lot of fun because they were so good. The Pumpkins is always good. And we also made fun always of them good. so hard. But the Pumpkins is always good. And I also, like, one of my favorite pastimes is to make fun of Billy Corgan. And that was, like, a it's peak acceptable. time to make fun of Billy Corgan. That's acceptable. Um, I also had a ton of fun at Big Frida. Mm-hmm. Joy Wave was amazing because Joy Wave played Dangerous for the first time ever. Yeah. Which is a, technically um, a big then, data song. Right. Um, and he was, they were playing it in, like, an, like, a, uh, you know, I think they're playing it like a space station and mm. they were playing it because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think Motion City Soundtrack is like, oh one my God, or two. that was like, so it was amazing. much fun. Motion City Soundtrack, I think, was one of my like top three favorites. Yeah. Um, the Pumpkins are one of the top three. And then I would say. I mean, Slipknot was so much fun. So that's where I was going to go. Um, I do Slipknot. We were like my, I'm fucking terrified of his mask, but like it was, it made everything like it made the mood. So I think my top three artists of Riot Fest were, I'm going to go top four because I have more than three. Um, number one being Big Frida. Uh Number two being the Pumpkins. Big Frida, I feel like was very fun because that was one of the first times, if not the first time they had bounce music. Yeah, I agree. Big Frida uh, was like, such a was different it. energy than the rest of Riot Fest. But I love Big Frida so much. So like yeah, that was my first time agree. getting to see her. So like that yeah. to me was so much. Um, yeah. So I'm going to say Big Frida, the Pumpkins. Um, 
Golgo Berdello. Okay. And, um, oh, no, wait. I take that back. Motion City and then Slipknot and then Golgo's number five. Okay, but my favorite thing was, like, seeing Gogol and, like, meeting up with one of my coworkers and then him being like, oh, they're playing the song you guys came for. And then we laughed to go see the Mighty Mighty Boss Towns, and then he was like, I heard them playing the song that you went there to play, to hear. So, like, we had to, like, skip half of each set and happen to hear, like, the songs that we wanted to hear from each artist. Yeah, we kind of went half and half with that, and we got, we got the hits. We did get the hits. We got Start um, Wearing Purple, and pick- we got... Um, the uh, oh fuck! I can't remember the name of it. The impression that I get. Yeah. Um, my other, my fourth favorite, if we're gonna pick four, was Beach Bunny. That was a fantastic set in the rain, like lightning behind. Oh my god, it was just that a was vibe. crazy! It was a vibe, and like the pit during this like soft pop rock band. I think I think the band that surprised me the most with how much I liked their set yeah. is Slipknot. Like I had Slipknot was no fantastic. expectation going in. I yeah. didn't even think I knew that much Slipknot. But then like we're mm-hmm. at the set and I'm like, oh I know this song. Oh wait, well, I Slipknot know this song. It was too. a performance to begin with. Oh like, my god. Corey Taylor it was so was insane. Well- he his voice is beautiful. He's phenomenal. He's phenomenal. I will go... Like for his age, for like how long he's been performing, Corey Taylor was insane. I would go see Slipknot again tomorrow. Oh, I would too. I would love I would to too. go see Slipknot Matt again. Matt would be like, I'm buying your ticket. Let's go. <laughs> no, I thought they were phenomenal. Like They were I, fantastic. I, I wasn't in... expecting it. No, same. I went in with no expectation. All right, so so you saw shaking. You went to Shaking Knees next, yeah, uh, which was the weekend before Outside Lands. Outside so it Lands. was like the second to last weekend of October. Yeah, um, we, we did not. You and I had tickets to Shaking Knees in 2020. Um, I'm actually really upset, like and disappointed that they refunded us too. Yeah, it would have been sick to hold on to those tickets. Yeah, I'm actually I'm tempted to buy tickets for next year, but. I don't know that I'll be able to make it with, like, all the PTO. I have too much vacation time for this year already. Yeah. Um, But, so they delayed. Shaky Knees is traditionally in, like, the second weekend of May. And they delayed it to the third, fourth weekend of October, something like that. Third. Third weekend of October, probably. Um, So it was in October. When I went in 2018, it was in May. So when you and I had tickets for 2020, it was in May. Right. This is they. No, every time I've gone, it's been like yeah. May. So they did it in October this year. Um, one Shaking Knees is like one of my favorite festivals too. Oh my god, it's, it's such a good so vibe. much fun. So it's such a good like lineup always too for just like a purely rock. Yes, uh, rock forward festival. Yes, right. Um, right. So the original three headliners were. The Strokes, Run the Jewels, and Stevie Nicks. I remember that. Stevie Nicks dropped, and then okay. the Foo Fighters were announced Foo as her Fighters. replacement. Okay, you so, can't say it like that. You gotta re-say that. I'm not gonna re-say that. Say it. I'm not gonna re-say that. Say it. I'm not say doing it. it. Then don't re-say it, just say it. No. 
<laughs> I'll say it for Stephanie. Foo Fighters. So we got tickets after Foo Fighters were announced. You guys like drunkenly bought those tickets too, didn't you? Yes, we did. Um, That's so my we thing, bought the tickets. Drunkenly bought them. You texted me and you're like, we just drunkenly bought Shake like, Me's tickets for Shake yeah. So we did not have tickets when Stevie Nicks was the original headliner for Friday. We got tickets after Foo Fighters were announced. Um, but holy shit, what a fun festival. So um, obviously headliners were Foo Fighters, Run the Jewels and the Strokes. Bud, what are you doing? So... Um, Friday, we got to see St. Vincent close her daddy's home tour. Like, the final performance of her tour was Atlanta. Um, We got to see Frankie and the Witch Fingers for the first time. Because we missed them here in Chicago. Yeah, that Uh, was a fun show, I bet. We got to see Cults. Like, surprisingly good. We saw Cults, which this was their first performance in, like, four Mm -hmm. years. Oh, my gosh. It was so fun. Oh, I bet. And then Saturday, well, we went to an Idols after show because Idols is the fucking best. So, of course, we saw Idols do an after show. Um, And then Saturday, we got to see Portugal the Man, and they played Dayman from It's Always Sunny. So I told you about this, but the first time I've ever I ever saw Portugal the Man was at Shaky Knees, and they also played Dayman. Oh my god, I lost um, my so shit. So that was like that was like a weird when you said that because it was like I think 2014 when I saw them mm-hmm. for the first time at Shaky Knees in a parking lot. <laughs> Oh my god, I lost my shit when they started playing Dayman. They also covered... They don't do that anymore. Not regularly, no. Um, right. Um, and then we ended up very close to see Run the Jewels. Nice. Which was nice. phenomenal. Oh my god. Getting to see RTJ4 live, amazing. It was so, so good. So, like, I know we got, we missed them at Riot Fest, but it was so good to get to see them finally perform. And then Sunday was really crazy because, well, she wasn't the headliner, but Phoebe Bridgers was there. So yeah. it was a very, Sunday was, like, the most intense crowd we had all weekend. Oh, I bet. She's got a fucking weird fan base. No. Well, no also. I don't think you're listening to this. The Strokes also being the headliner has also their own fan base. So, like, it was a very... Sunday was a very aggressive fan base. Let me just put it that way. Uh, But also that Sunday, I got to see tennis for the first time. Oh, my God. Um, We got to see Orville Peck again, who's also amazing. Go see Orville Peck. Yeah, go see Orville Peck. I have not seen him oh, yet. Oh my god, to. you have to see him. So oh, I do feel like god. Orville Peck was on the Outside Lands lineup, and he did not play. But I also might just be like hallucinating and thinking you about might be hallucinating. Pitchfork. I think I'm getting like the festivals confused at this point because I thought Beach Bunny was on Outside Lands, but she definitely wasn't. Um, any, all right, anything else for Shaky Knees? Um. We can come back to the Sunday headliner. Yeah. 
So going to Shaky Knees, or sorry, going into Outside Lands, I'm trying to get this quick because we're running really late. You're running really um, long. We're running really long. <laughs> we say that every time, but this is really long. Um, so I, we got there later in the day, so we saw Sharon Van Etten. Um, <gasps> you saw one, Sharon? I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, I love yeah. her. Um, and then the next set of bands were Krungabin, Drama, and Flo Millie. So all like... I love Krungman not, too. So we actually skipped Krungbin. Oh, man. And we went to go see... Well, Matt's seen Krungbin before. We went to go see Drama, which is kind of a similar vibe, but it was fantastic. Drama was fantastic. Then went to go see Glass Animals. Glass Animals was amazing. Beautiful set on the main stage. So, question real quick. How was the crowd? Because the last time I saw Glass Animals, the crowd was miserable. The crowd was, like, just fucked up. (laughs) <laughs> to be honest it was friday of the festival the crowd was just like having fun hanging out oh my god last time um, i saw glass animals was... the crowd was like mean no they were all like just chilling oh no Everybody people were like chilling, mad and mean. but also it's california that's nobody's, fair like, fucking mean yeah at these festivals like honestly nobody's mean yeah everyone's just like on something they're just out. fucked up having drunk, a good time on like drunk hey they're just there to have a good time weed. right Oh no, people um, were so mean. I mean what I thought was interesting about this festival also was that like as compared to Lala, as compared to like Riot Fest, I was pretty much on the same two stages all day and it was like a, a short walk between the two. So like I argue that this like the land required for outside lands was much larger than Lollapalooza so like Mm -hmm. to get from one end to the other like was not possible to do within a set Mm -hmm. like you couldn't leave halfway and get to the other end of the set to like catch the other half like you could not leave like so like for example like if we went to go see the strokes I could not leave halfway to go see Tyler to see part of Tyler Interesting. It would take me like 20-25 minutes to walk over there because you're going up and down hills it's far you have hills and like it's not just flat land like you're going up and down hills and like going it's it's far so and that that i'm prefacing that with like the reason i miss some artists so okay i thought it was nice that like most of the people i was seeing were between the same two stages that were right next to each other so that walk was maybe five minutes Mm -hmm. because it was on one side of a hill and then on the other side of the hill so like the hill kind of blocked some of the sound um and like the trees blocked the sound so, went from Glass Animals, on the same stage was The Strokes. We'll get into that after. Um, and then Saturday, we got there early because my favorite band ever, Post-Animal, Post-Animal um, <laughs> started off, my favorite band, like, lo- like small band, started off on, like, the Sutro stage, which is, like, the smaller side stage. That's when you first walk in, it's that stage. Um... And then saw Andrew Man in the Wilderness, which was fantastic because he played so much I haven't so seen much him Sunfell. in so long. He played so much Jack's Mannequin, so much something corporate. When, when I, was, I like, saw him last, it was so much Jack's Mannequin. It's so much Jack's Mannequin, so much something corporate. And Matt was like, you know all these songs? And I was like, dude, he used to be my favorite artist. Like, people would just buy me his shit. Like, when I was in college, like, I have so many of his printed prints. Yeah. Because people were just buying that for me because that's the only thing they knew about me. Yeah. Um, we saw Dr. Dog. That was fun. Oh, that was a weird, like, oh my so god. many people. Oh my god, Dr. You saw them on their final tour as well. 
There, yeah. that's why there were so many people. It's their final tour. Oh, I know. It was, oh and it was God. also kind Dr. of Doctor Dog so, is so good. These were all. So all of these people that I'm mentioning were on the same stage. Okay. Like right after each other. So like 30 minutes between the each. Yeah. So we saw Doctor Dog. Um, it was fantastic. Oh my God. Um, we saw a little bit of Angel Olsen before going over to Vampire Weekend. Um, Vampire Weekend was amazing. Um, were they was super the jammy show. again? Not as much. Oh, okay. They well, did that's jam good. during some songs, but they played a quite a bit of songs. Okay. Um, but it was also the only show of 2021 that they played. Uh, their first show since quarantine. Yeah. Only show that they played this year. Yeah. And they also have that song 2021. So they yeah. came out and like introed it and then like kind of hinted at it. Yeah. But they played a bunch of songs. It was fantastic. Um, so we, we stayed for all of that before leaving. <laughs> so Lizzo was the headliner. Lord Huron was on the side stage. And then Zoo, Shoe, Zoo, I think is how you say it. Was Zoo. The, yeah. Like the <clears throat> Zoo was like the other headliner. We left, so we actually like left around like seven forty-five, and then oh, went to you didn't you didn't stay to go see Lord Huron because I would have gone to Lord Huron. No, oh. we left, so we went we went to go drink at a brewery. Standard Deviant, a hey, Standard Deviant, let's go. Um, so we went there instead, which I I actually thought was fantastic. We it was like a fifteen dollar Uber, so yeah. super cheap um, to get out and like get halfway across San Francisco. Yeah. So, I think it was a good choice. I don't care for Lord Huron. Um, on Sunday, we saw Claude. Claude's um, really good. We went We went to see Nelly, saw part of Nelly, um, and Nelly played at the same time as Goth Babe. So, we saw Nelly play Country Grammar. It was actually not bad. We saw him play Country Grammar and, like, then left <laughs> Um, and then saw Goth Babe. Oh my god! The entirety goth. of Goth Babe. Goth, goth Babe is so also... good. So Goth Babe overlapped Eve's Tumor, <gasps> and Eve's Tumor was on the other side of the festival, so we did not go. <gasps> I would have skipped. I would have skipped Goth Babe for Eve's Tumor. No, I wanted to see Goth Babe because I wasn't able to go to the after show that they were doing with Post, Post Animal. The Post Animal one, yeah. So I know. we skipped Eve's Tumor. Goth Babe was fantastic. We skipped Eve's Tumor because Eve's Tumor was on the other side of the festival. It would have taken us like 25 minutes to get to just the very end of a set, um, of their set. And then Brittany Howard was just on the other side. We saw Brittany at Lala. So we went to go see Brittany Howard. Brittany Howard was one of the best acts of the festival. She was amazing. Her voice is Her voice was so fantastic. She covered Parliament Funk. (gasps) Which song? Um... Uh, you, me, something. Hold on. Because she did not, she just played her own stuff when we saw her. She didn't do any covers. So I'm just, I'm just curious. What did she cover? Because I love Parliament. Um, she covered you and your folks and me and my folks. Oh, that's awesome. So oh, she that's covered so that. awesome. It was fantastic. And honestly, extremely upsetting that at some point, or at the time, like while waiting for Tame Impala, we heard people talking shit about her, and they're like, <gasps> "She was, she sucked." And I was like, "I'm sorry." That's rude. What world? That's offensive. In what kind of world How dare you, you insult Britney? Yeah, I was like, 
I'm, I'm sorry. I don't know what show you were at, but we were not at the same one. Do not so do not talk poorly about Brittany in front of me, because yeah. I would have gotten angry. We went to all of Boy Pablo after that. Boy Pablo part good. of Rufus to Soul because it was over on the next Rufus. Stage, and then we're like, oh my god, Rufus is really mm, good live. It was fine, but we ended up leaving Rufus to go see Sophie Tucker because some of our friends were like. We're going to see Sophie Tucker. Sophie Tucker is amazing. So we went to see Sophie Tucker, and I was like, I don't know any of these songs. And then she played "Best Friend." Best Friend. And I was like, Why do I know this song? And I was like, Oh, because Trevor said "Yop" all the time. Yep. Because former guest Trevor used to say "Yop." So I took a video. He still says "Yop." What is that song that you say "Yop" because of? He was like, It's this song by Sophie Tucker. Um, And then we went to Tame Impala, which Tame Impala, honestly, tell the story highlight of the festival tell the story not my favorite act but highlight of the festival i was like honestly on the fence about going seeing tame impala because i don't love seeing tame impala because of the like the venue like the vibe and whatever um but so as they're about to come on the screen cuts they're talking like there's this girl talking about the slow rush and like what it means and like it's slowly like fucking like gets all grainy and trips out like because they know people are on drugs and it's Tame Impala. And then it cuts to black and it goes, we're sorry. Tame Impala will no longer be able to attend the festival or whatever. All of the members were recruited for the Squid Game and died in the first round. So we've booked the Wiggles. And then the... <laughs> uh, what's that song called? The Wiggles uh, theme? Get Ready to Wiggle by the Wiggles starts playing. And, like, it's the Wiggles on the screen. And then Tame Impala comes out, dresses the Wiggles. And they play the entire set, dresses the Wiggles. I love uh, that And the only so other much. reference they make is during, right before Elephant comes on, because the Wiggles covered Elephant, they start talking about, uh, hold on. Henry the Octopus. Hen- Henry the Octopus. So, like, they have this whole thing where Henry the Octopus is on the screen and he's running and there's, like, this thing about Henry the Octopus, and then they go into Elephant. Um, and that was fantastic. And at the end of the set, like, Kevin yells, I love you, San Francisco, which was, like, the exact opposite vibe of, of the Strokes. So now that I've said that, let's get into both of our experiences of the Strokes. Okay. And, like, well, we can end it there. Yeah. Okay. So when I saw the Strokes in Atlanta, um, I very much felt that there was inter-band tension and I felt like there were some technical difficulties where like Julian was just pissed off because yeah. his sound was not correct because at one so, point his sound let me... sounded very off and then yeah. him and Albert were like going at each so, other the whole set you say that and I think it's really interesting because Outside Lands has all these little side stages that mm-hmm. things happen on. So there's something called Gastro Magic, which is like Gastro Pub, whatever, like people doing magic. And then there's Cocktail Magic, and then there's um, like a Cooking Magic or something like that. Okay. Where um, like artists are cooking with like famous chefs. Okay. So Albert Hammond Jr. Albert. Did one. Yeah. Albert did one. And, um, like, Julian Casablancas did not. But Albert was doing one, like, by himself. Oh, interesting. On, sa- on I want, on, on Friday. He was doing, uh, maybe Saturday, on Saturday. Okay. He was doing one. And, like, we walked by and he was, like, fine, hanging out, 
happy. And I think it's really interesting that he did one and, like, Julian didn't. So, like, I don't know if there was a weird thing where he was asked. But well, that, that Albert also sense, launched like, his like, own hard seltzer. So I feel like it's very on brand for him to be doing. Well, they were cooking, like, British stuff, like, British pastries, like, similar to, like, the Great British Bake Off. So they were, like, cooking British stuff together. Well, which was regardless, weird, I think it's very British, trendy but... to have Albert speak about it because he is doing his own hard seltzer so yes and i feel like albert is generally an easier going yes member compared of the to julian to absolutely yes. it's, it's it's a more predictable member yeah. that you don't have to worry about what's gonna happen right so anyway sorry go on but um i thought when i saw the strokes that their set their set list was phenomenal um, there was some, de- there was definitely some technical difficulties in the beginning. And I think that really pissed Julian off. And then him and Albert had some weird tension the whole time where mm-hmm. like you could tell they were not happy to be performing together. And that's why I think also led to some of Julian's like bad behavior on stage. Mm-hmm. Um, people in the crowd in Atlanta were like, oh, he's so fucked up. And I was like, Julian's been sober since 2014. So either so he is no longer well. sober or he's just an he's asshole. Just an asshole. Yeah. I lean towards the way of he's just an asshole. Well, you said that to me as well because I thought I thought he was fucked up. And like everyone I've talked to from work that have seen that saw the strokes of that show were like, he's he was fucked up. There was no way he was sober during that. Either he is no longer sober or he's being an asshole, which is either is entirely possible. Listen, COVID was a rough time for everybody. So I get it. Like the San Francisco show was especially bad because Julian Casablanca's was like mocking San Francisco's like COVID laws during. Oh, yeah. That did not happen to us. So there's an article from um, where is this? Sorry. This is from the SF Examiner or whatever. Okay. It, like, quotes him directly. Uh, It says, The Strokes' controversial Outside Lands performance was pure rock and roll. Of course they hate rock and roll. They're New Yorkers. And the first line says, The Strokes don't like San Francisco. And after this weekend, San Francisco doesn't like them back. Oh, fuck. And he started, so the Strokes started 20 minutes late and they ended 10 minutes early. On an hour and a half long set, 30 minutes were taken out of their set. Oh, my God. He complained about San Francisco's vaccine policy, the noise ordinances, and, like, their compassion. So, basically, he complained about not being allowed into a venue because he didn't have, like, he, he showed his COVID vaccine, and I guess, like, the venue, like, the artist, or sorry, the restaurant required them him to also have a negative test. And he complained about that and said, like, fuck this city, basically. He complained about, like, he was talking about how the no- like the sound was off, and, like, he was, like, it's too quiet. Like, what's going on? And then was, like, this city probably has a fucking um, sound ordinance, and that's why you're, like, dampening my sound. Um, and I don't know. Like, he was just being kind of an asshole. I mean. Like, about the city that he was in. And that's why it was so, like, completely different than, like, him and Paula being, like, cute and, like, yeah. caring about the city. That's so interesting. I mean, when we we literally saw the strokes a week before you did a week 
And no, and like he had some like nonsense rants throughout the festival, like throughout the the performance. Like he said, "It's a beautiful day where we were a thousand years ago." Like what oh, the fuck does that? We didn't mean? have any of that. Um, the most of the conversation that Julian was having towards the crowd, well, which pissed off a lot of people, was he was referencing because like. The World Series was going on still, and, like, the Braves were playing the Dodgers, and he was clearly more of a Dodgers fan, and he was like, oh, congratulations on winning. No need to do your racist chant. And I didn't – I looked it up afterwards. The Braves, the Atlanta Braves, Mm -hmm. like, chant is known for being – kind of racist so so during i did not know that because i don't i don't follow the braves so because i i lived there but during the the rant that he had about the restaurant he said and i'm like reading this from an article i didn't get let into a restaurant today i have a vaccine card and they're like you need both so either it means like you need both like both vaccine shots or you need a vaccine and a PCR test, but it's a private business. They're allowed to require whatever they want. Whatever they want, yeah. And then he said, I guess, I don't know, San Francisco, love it. If we could have 10 minutes of silence, please, for the inequality. Just kidding, YOLO. And then they went into You Only Live Once. But, like, that's, like, a fucking weird that's thing. That's so weird. And then during that song, he began meowing instead of singing. So, like, you... I. That's so weird. Oh, my God. We had such a different experience. Like, we thought Julian was just being an asshole and, like, saying crazy shit. And we thought him and Albert were having some weird tension because, like, Albert, like, stormed off stage at one point. But, oh, no. We we thought overall the the set was good. The only thing is that, like, Albert Hammond Jr. confirmed that the next day with like a newspaper that the sound issues were because the city has a noise ordinance of like 98 decibels. Oh, okay. And Julian was at a hundred, which I don't think is true. I feel like that's um, very specific and for him to not notice a two decibel difference is a lot. As well, some like it's also in the middle of nowhere. I yeah. highly doubt they would have gotten in trouble. And like I, we were at some loud shows. Yeah. There's no way that that was an ordinance. Like Tame Impala was extremely loud. Yeah. Like, Vampire Weekend was extremely loud. They were quiet. So, like, I don't think it was because of that. But they were... It, he was being weird. He meowed instead of saying. Like, I don't think that's him. He was being an asshole, but I don't think meowing in a song instead of singing is him. Yeah, that's... Oh, my God. Being sober and being an that's asshole. so Dude, different. it was bad. That's so not, it was different bad. than our experience. It was... One of the worst shows I've ever been to. Well, so Steve was like really upset when we went because obviously, when like the three of us saw the strokes at Lala, that was fantastic. So good. Well, Matt was upset too because this is his first time ever seeing the strokes and they are like a favorite band of his. And he was like, we need to fucking leave because I cannot do this right now. Like, this is just like they're being awful and disrespectful and like just complete assholes. We have to go. Yeah. he was, like, getting mad. He was getting mad at how bad it was. And, like, for, like, one of his favorite bands, he was like, this yeah. is fucked up. I gotta go. Oh, my gosh. That's so interesting. Oh, gosh. We'll have to delve more into this in our 
personal conversations. So I need to talk more about this because yeah. we're already like way over time. So like we'll oh, have yeah, to like we'll have to talk the strokes on our personal time. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I think we'll end it here. Yes. I'll try to cut this down as much as I can. Uh, if not, it'll end up in like a part one, part two, uh, something. Uh, we'll figure that out. So with that, um, we really hope you enjoyed the show. Please go on your favorite podcast streaming service and give us a five-star rating. And if you're feeling extra saucy, leave us a review. Um, we're not going to look and see nobody if you left ever. city right now because we've been doing this for two hours. <laughs> but, also, nobody ever leaves us a review. So if you do it, you would be the first. Um, if you're not comfortable leaving us a written review in a public forum reach out to us uh we love talking to you guys we love our social media we love interacting with you all um if you listen through the song you'll hear all of our social media contacts and interact with us there we love talking back to you guys you guys sometimes like talking to us (laughs) and with that listen through the song and we will see you next time All right, that was the episode. So we love hearing from you. Um, and if you want to contact us, you can do so through our email address. It is drunkanduncultured at gmail.com. We are also on Facebook at Drunk and Uncultured Podcast. Our Instagram is Drunk and Uncultured. And our Twitter is Drunk Uncultured. No ant. And as always, I'm Lindsay, and you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and untapped at Lindsay Sold Out. And I'm Stephanie, and you can find me on Untapped, Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr as underscore Stephen Color. And you can also follow my concert Instagram at Shitty Concert Blog. Stay drunk, guys. See you next time.